Sigh. What's wrong, buddy? Well, I just realized this mushroom supplement I bought isn't actually made with mushrooms. It's made with something called myceliated grain? Myceliated grain? Oh, no! I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, but myceliated grain is a sure sign of a poor-quality mushroom supplement. Well, dang. I wanted mushrooms, not brown rice. What should I do? Well, you should support a small batch producer from right here in the Midwest. Kiwino Apothecary. Kiwino Apothecary? Tell me more. Kiwino Apothecary specializes in high-quality mushroom extracts from Michigan, and they always use real mushrooms, never, never, never myceliated grain. That sounds like exactly what I've been looking for. Where can I order? Well, you can find them at kiwinawapothecary.etsy.com. That's K-E-W-E-E-N-A-W apothecary.etsy.com. Be sure to read their many excellent reviews. Thanks, buddy. I don't want no low-quality mushroom products from a factory. I want Kiwino Apothecary. Wowie, wow! here on a super special episode of the Wild Edible World podcast. I am just one of your hosts today. My name is Michael. It's just me. Everybody reach out to Steve and his wonderful partner, Marissa, and give them a hearty congratulations on their first child. Cheers to them. Um, and in lieu of Steve, we have John with us today. Uh, I don't remember your last Hello. name, John. Miller. John Miller <laughs> from Bubble House Brewing. Yes, here in Lyle, here. Illinois. Thank you so much for coming on this nice little walk with me. Yeah, so where are we again? So this is a place called Hitchcock, and uh, it's one of the smaller forest preserves of DuPage County. Um, it's one of my favorite little stomping grounds to go to. It's got all sorts of little, uh, wonderful little plants and trees and fruits and berries and stuff like that, but um, mostly I wanted to have you around to chat about the spruce tip beer that we collaborated on. And just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, in pursuit of spruciness, as it is titled, um, that was pretty awesome. And as yeah, as we walked these woods, and I just told you pre-show that uh, we're probably about 500 feet from Bubble House. I'm not sure that this yeah. place ever existed, <laughs> uh, which is pretty awesome. I'll be coming back quite often. Uh, so spruce beer, yeah, we brewed one last year with you, mm -hmm. um, and that one was a little bit of a. Hey, I've got spruce tips. Have you ever wanted to use them in a beer? And I have always wanted to use them in a beer and never done that. So that was kind of a fortuitous last minute where I sort of pivoted a recipe and sort of altered it to include spruce tips. Uh, this year we actually got to go in from the ground up and kind of knowing that this was the beer and spruce tips were going to be kind of built around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a really interesting approach to the flavor of the beer and the recipe in general. Uh, so it is a little bit different than last year, but... Uh, you tried to kind of model the hop flavor profile similarly, but um, it was a blend that you were given by Pink Boots, so it's kind of hard to... Yeah, yeah. last year was yeah completely a blend. They had the percentages out there if I wanted to hunt for them, but I also thought that that hop combination on, I didn't feel was directly, you know, um, tangent, tangent to spruce tips and the flavor they give off, so I didn't sure. think it was quite as supportive and, uh, what do I want to say... The word escapes me. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. Where it's like you need a uh, you needed a few better details in that uh, back back taste. Yeah, accentuating complementary. Yeah, 
that kind of thing. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And the beer that you, we came out with this year is uh, really delicious, really fun, super crushable. Um, but yeah, it was such a pleasure to be able to like meet up with other Bubble House Brewing members. So we kind of made it a member event, and we're able to go out to the Morton Arboretum. Yeah. And uh, work with their uh, in their like research spruce fields where they're growing. Uh, they have like a couple plots of monoculture. Yeah, and, Norway spruce, um, mm-hmm. big forestry plot that they have out there. On what is that? I think that's the west side. Like yes, fifty three. Yeah, yeah, that was so cool um, and so great to have you there because you know when we started talking about kind of the flavor of a great young spruce tip and the the difference from tree to tree, mm-hmm. um, you know, tasting those at that time really allowed me to kind of lock in on you know the hop combination that we used was. Uh, Centennial and Chinook, but they were all, you know, trying to stay more local. They were from Hophead Farms in Michigan. A lot of the stuff we use is often from the Yakima Valley out west. Um, And a great thing about these Centennial and Chinook is they normally present, you know, citrus, but very piney, resiny sometimes. Uh, The the Michigan variety were claimed to be a little bit more on the citrusy, fruity end. So I thought that was really great because it allowed the spruce tips to do more of the pine lifting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you get some of that really great lemony brightness um, and pine character on the back end of that beer. Right, what we don't want to have happen is it turns into just a pine tree chew, ultra astringent and bitter. Absolutely. And that can happen pretty fast, too. I mean, having tasted the, I mean, you can use spruce tips very similarly to hops, they are a bittering agent whenever they're heated up. But it's so cool that we were that you were able to like capture the the lemony forwardness of the raw spruce tips, but then still include that kind of bitter, piney, resinous stuff that I mean is desirable and look and you would want to look for in an IPA or an APA um, with the right quantities. Right. Yeah. And so for you know this time around, we decided to use a little bit more than we did last time. Uh, certainly helped by the fact that we had helpers at the Morton Arboretum. We had a large stand to pick from, and so we could come out with a better quantity. Um, but we used them in two places in this recipe rather than just one. Ooh. So, so originally it was just in the boil, so the hot part, right? Right, the very end of the boil and during Whirlpool as we're sort of cooling the beer down and separating out any large proteins and solids that fall out. Um so that was all hot side, and it was a little bit less. So this time we split it up. We amped up the hot side a little bit, um, but then we also uh, dry hopped. So oh. infused the actual um, you know, post-fermentation beer with some spruce tips as well. Um, and again, I think that sort of allows for more rounded character in the, the spruce tips to come out. Very uh, cool. So you get a little bit more of the overall quality that those oils can you know, in part to the beer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, trial and error a lot of times, but, you know, we're always kind of slowly pushing the boundaries. And I don't mean that, you know, we're doing crazy things, but from our own recipe development, we're looking for ways to increase, decrease things over time that will not be um, immediately <laughs> alarming to the consumer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, little steps, but um, pushing, I like that, the way of thinking that, pushing the envelope, pushing the boundary. Do be careful on this trail here. There is quite a bit of poison ivy. I don't know how sensitive you are to it, but uh, do do be mindful. I guess we're going to find out. Oh, oh, uh-oh. 
Uh, yeah, so next up you have, uh, well, let's talk about that experience with the Morton Arboretum. Uh, it was so cool to be able to go out there in the, like, evening twilight. So it was right at about, like, 5.30 or 6 o'clock. Um, and what was that, May? May 18th. May yeah. 18th, yeah. So we were able to go out there and in the, uh, in the twilight of, uh, the setting sun and catching those, like, lime green spruce tips on the ends of the spruce trees, yeah, that was so amazing. I mean, it was a perfect day for it. You know, yeah. Perfect, cool breeze, sun going down. Um, and, you know, great. My April, my wife, my kids, mm-hmm. uh, some of our social club members were there. You and Laura, obviously. Just a really great setting to kind of talk about. Everyone's kind of tasting through these spruce tips and, you know, really getting a understanding and maybe appreciation, right? They can be a little bit astringent and bitter as you gnaw on them fresh. Sure. But just so cool to see the subtle differences tree to tree, as I mentioned earlier, that you oh, were yeah. talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, and just really grateful that the Morton Arboretum was willing to be a partner with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are, I think, five, seven minutes away from them. So we've been wanting to do something with them for a very long time. It was inevitable. Yeah. Uh, and me too, honestly. <laughs> I've been wanting to do something with them as well. Uh, I get a lot of people saying like, oh, you should try to work there or something. And it's, uh, you know, hint, hint. Hey, uh, drop drop me a line, Morton Arboretum. Uh, yeah, and I think we can get back there more, right? Obviously, their grounds are pretty expansive. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, we've leaned in with them a lot. So I just want to point something out to you real quick right here. These are ramp flowers that have uh, that are going to seed. These are like really immature little ramp seeds little wild onion seeds these are some some of my coolest looking little things i love it Look like little uh like adam adams perched atop these stems you know they're like little three three ball things the keen eye of a forager it's good to walk on on my brother used to uh have ramps that he would get from out in the farm oh yeah very nice very oniony yum onion Sigh. What's wrong, buddy? Well, I just realized this mushroom supplement I bought isn't actually made with mushrooms. It's made with something called myceliated grain? Myceliated grain? Oh, Oh, no! no! I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, but myceliated grain is a sure sign of a poor-quality mushroom supplement. Well, dang. I wanted mushrooms, not brown rice. What should I do? Well, you should support a small-batch producer from right here in the Midwest. Kiwino Apothecary. Kiwino Apothecary? Tell me more. Kiwi Na Apothecary specializes in high-quality mushroom extracts from Michigan, and they always use real mushrooms, never, never, never myceliated grain. That sounds like exactly what I've been looking for. Where can I order? Well, you can find them at kiwinaapothecary.etsy.com. That's K-E-W-E-E-N-A-W apothecary.etsy.com. Be sure to read their many excellent reviews. Thanks, buddy. I don't want no low-quality mushroom products from a factory. I want Kiwi Na Apothecary. Wowie, wow! Oh, hey, Steve. Oh, hey, Mike. Well, what's wrong, buddy? Well, I, I just got this new water bottle, but it just looks so plain. Well, have I got the store for you. Introducing the Wild Edible World Podcast Merch Store. Wowie, wow! It's the merch store where you can get all of your favorite podcasts merch. 
for all your decorating purposes. How do I find that? Go to wildedibleworldpod.shopify.com or go to any of our Instagram and media accounts and view the link in the bio. Wowie wow! So yeah, your brother is—is uh, is he the one with the farm? He is the one with the farm um, up in Gray's Lake, uh, Prairie Wind Family Farm. So yeah, his my first introduction with ramps were he would often have them early uh, in the year and pass out a, a choice selection. Um, yeah, I don't know. We got. Are we done on the Morton Arboretum? I guess oh, yeah, so, yeah, much, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's, yeah, that's good. Uh, let's see. So uh, tomorrow or today you're receiving a bunch of elder flowers from yeah. that farm? Tis the season, as you know. Um, yeah. So last year we did a an American wheat ale with... Ah, uh, the train. The train. We really <laughs> get some uh, environmental features in here. I totally forgot about this. Yeah, that's okay. It's a cool, uh, soothing background sound that I'm we can sure. all appreciate. I'm sure. We have some, uh, oh, check this out. This is almost ripe choke cherries. These are cherry trees right here. Okay, yeah, I see some of them starting to pink it up. Turn red. But, uh, yeah, what were you saying? Uh, so we did this American wheat with uh, fresh elderflower last year. Uh, because, again, uh, aside from the Morton Arboretum, my brother is another person who, although he deals in mostly organic vegetables, um, so not a lot of crossover. You know, there are some things that they have on property uh, as a cover crop or as you know, to promote the local ecosystem around their other vegetable sure. crops yeah. that we can use. And so elderflower was uh, one of the things that they've put up and had grown kind of in the outskirts of their property. And um, that's a lot of train, huh? That's a lot of train. Uh, so, yeah, we did that beer last year. Again, yeah. it was wildly popular, more so than I thought. Yeah. Um, and now is the season that they are blossoming once again. So... Uh, we're actually going to a family party, and he's going to hand them off to me so that uh, oh, nice. coming up this week, we will brew another round of Living on a Prairie uh, American Wheat with Elderflower. That's awesome. That was one of my favorite beers you did last year. Uh, all right, finally, the train is, uh, train is gone. In fact, we have some elderflowers right here. Uh, these are elderflowers on the, in the raw. Wonderful yeah. little five-petaled little flowers. Very beautiful. So delicate. Very delicate. Uh, my brother showed me a picture that his wife took after he was out harvesting those flowers yesterday and just oh. had all these <laughs> tiny little white, perfect star-shaped yeah. flowers with a little yellow center. Uh, just a, yeah, a lovely, just, as we pass by one and they shower off in a cascade. They're just trickling, yeah. Very wonderful. So, yeah, I'm excited to do that again. Um, you know, anytime that I can partner with cool people that help me learn more about you know the world around me um, yeah that's why i love talking with you and you know the kind of influence that you're starting to have more and more on the brewery oh um, shucks well you know bringing in local wild stuff alternative ingredients that aren't just the core four um you know at bubble house we don't get too crazy with milkshake uh, strawberry ipas and right you know some of these a little bit more ingredient intensive beers uh, but i do really love the delicate balance or you know wild flavors that can accentuate the
the flavors that hops are there to give you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like the farm uh, your brother is running where it has to be this balance of agriculture and also regenerative uh, ground cover and stuff like that. And it's kind of the same way with beer. You want to have this nice balance of, uh, you know, the stuff people expect. But, um, you know, people love being surprised or uh, experiencing new things. I mean, especially in the craft brewing industry, a lot of times people are going to craft breweries because they want something different. They don't want the same old, same old. If they wanted that, they'd be drinking Miller Lite at home or whatever. And I think that's what we're here for, right, is to present flavors in a way that are Hopefully delicate enough to not overpower mm-hmm. any one sense in your palate, but really, yeah, give you a kind of overarching, um, really depth of flavor is really cool for me to have, yeah. you know, linkages between the hops, between, uh, you know, an ingredient like spruce tips or like elderflower. Uh, if you, ca- you capture some of those floral cap- you know, characteristics versus some of those piney characteristics, there's a lot that can be done mm-hmm. across the landscape that I think is really cool. And once again, you know, just connecting people with like yes this is out there yeah you could do this um mm-hmm. it's in your backyard it's in your neighbor's backyard i'm gonna eat one of these real quick yeah 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 i'm standing while john's talking i've just been standing here um mouthfuls of uh, black raspberries it's a really nice little bush right here right underneath a mulberry tree as well so you got the the two-prong effect and we, we just passed by like so many gooseberries that i didn't even point out so um this is a cool little place yeah, so we have a mulberry tree in my backyard, and it is a can be a wrath as it showers down uh, overripe berries. Oh yeah, <laughs> onto our patio deck and everywhere. And then when birds eat them, it becomes colorful as well. Oh yeah, all the way through. <laughs> uh huh. Um, but I've always wondered about you know we have such a relationship with this mulberry tree. I'm trying to incorporate that in beer. Um, I think the problem is the harvesting of enough quantity to actually put forward a beer that the characters will come out in. So a good hint for a good tip for that is uh, just freezing them. Honestly, that's typically part of the fresh berry process, as I understand it in brewing, is that you kind of want to freeze them first. And it like breaks all yeah. the cell walls and helps it uh, you know, ferment better. But... 100%. Yeah, so when we do our cranberry beer, uh, my brother like flash freezes them before he delivers them. That helps to break that outer wall um, and, yeah, deliver a lot of the color mm. and mm-hmm. flavor out mm-hmm. um, when we get them and put them in a hot side process. So, And uh, if you want to collect a bunch of them, there's the old tarp technique. You lay down a tarp under the tree and then you get somebody to go ape man on the tree and like shake it all out. I have thought about that many times. We've also asked my son to design a, a laser network that will zap them as they fall <laughs> before they hit the ground. A laser Patent network. pending. <laughs> Here, try this. This is a grape tendril. So this is the vining form that comes off of grape leaves. Very bright tart. I like to call them like shock tarts of the woods because they'll get like really sour really quick. And this one, these were the ones I handed uh, John were pure green. Normally they have a touch of red to them. Yeah, I was going to say there's not a ton of tartness in this one. It is very bright and fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because we're under the canopy. So uh, with, with a lot of ingredients, whenever you have more shade, they're going to be more mild in flavor. Um, but full sunlight, these tendrils would have been a little bit red and probably would have been more punchy and sharp. And more obvious why I call them shock tarts of the woods. Look at the, look at the little mushrooms over there. All around us. 
all around us there's life, y'all. So we've reached the end of this little walk here. Um, I uh, I think I think we're pretty good to finish up the chat. Uh, it's been a wonderful, nice morning, Saturday morning walk with you, and uh, definitely want to recommend everybody. If you do imbibe, go and check out Bubble House in Lyle, Illinois. Um, they're doing really cool stuff with their beer. Um, super good people. Super nice family. Um, well, thank you. Ah, uh, yeah, we love you, man. And uh, my wife does all the can art for them. So, you know, maybe I'm a little biased. But um, <laughs> we have a great relationship with you and can't wait to see where else it leads yeah, absolutely. And, uh, like yeah. I said, you know, what, what's the next ingredient we put in? And for everybody else, yeah, the elderflower will be brewed in a week or so. And um, so it'll be out, and I would say, towards the end of July. So come check that out and taste the flavor of nature. Oh, yeah. You heard it, folks. Taste the flavor of nature at Bubble House. Thanks for listening. Um, just remember that this is the show where you can find the best food for free. We love you out there. And we love Steve and Marissa, too. So bye. Real quick, Michael here from the future. Just because this was recorded a few months ago um, in July, then uh, just so you know, this is being released in September, but both of these beers are still available, so go check them out. The spruciness, In Search of Spruciness, made with in collaboration with the podcast, and then the uh, Elder Flower that is uh, made with their farm, family farm. So uh, go check them out.